Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Man, you good to go. <laughs> uh, everybody just, uh, I don't know, greet your neighbor, I guess. Uh, tell them their eyes look good if that's all you can see. <laughs> you know, we're wearing masks now, so <laughs> if that's all you can see, that's all you can compliment. Or their eyebrows, their eyelashes, I don't know, something. They closure, I don't know, something. The closure looks nice today. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? Uh, my name is Dara Patusin. I'm one of the exec leaders here at the Gap Church, and I have the honor and privilege of um, bringing a word to you all, my family, the Gap Church family. Um, can y'all believe, like, literally, it's like the last day of the month? It's January 31st. Ooh, I'm a little bit hot here. Uh, Yes, January 31st. How many of y'all are ready for Valentine's Day? Okay, I guess you guys have not shot your shot yet. (laughs) So, uh, fellas, shoot your shot. And while we own it, women, go ahead and shoot it if you need to. (laughs) Either way, uh, if you've been uh, with us at the Gap Church, we are in a series um, called Productivity. This is week three. Um, I don't know if the uh, sound can maybe turn me down in the monitor so I can move around. I like to move. Y'all know I like to move. Um, but either way, we've been in a series called Productivity. This is week three. Um, and Emeka and Lolade honestly set us up, like, on point, on point. How many of y'all loved uh, the sermons from Emeka and Lolade? Perfect, 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 perfect. Well, you know, I was able to reflect and watch those, and uh, truly I've been blessed. Uh, but as I was preparing for today, I believe that God literally gave me a shift of perspective when it came to productivity. Um, you know, I'm a realist, I'm a, a practical person, but I'm still spiritual, so don't get buck with me. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, before, before we get into, like, what God has revealed to me that he wants me to share with you all, let's just share a word of prayer. So, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you, God, for this opportunity, Lord, to share a word to your children, God. We pray that you open up their hearts to receive all that you have for them, God. I pray that you speak through me, Lord. Speak what needs to be spoken. Holy Spirit, God, I pray, Lord, I will be obedient to hear what you want for your children, God. We thank you for every person that is here, Lord. We thank you for health, for safety, uh, for just the ability to be here and worship you in a public place, God. All the glory belongs to you and all the honor. And we all say amen. Amen, amen. Like I said, my name is Dara. Hi. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah. So pretty much as I was uh, preparing for this for this uh, week, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, was coming to my head like, okay, I could probably spin it here or here or there. But, of course, we always have to start from the foundation. And that is our uh, anchor text, uh, 2 Peter, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, we've been reading 2 Peter from the New King James Version, and I'm not going to lie, it is almost a different language every single time I read it. So, I provided the media team uh, the good news translation for you all to get some clarity. (laughs) And I know if I'm confused, some of y'all are probably confused too. So let us read this. Verse 3. God's divine power has given us everything we need to live in a truly religious life through our knowledge of the one who called us to share in his own glory and goodness. Verse 4. In this way, he has given us the very great and precious gifts he promised so that by means of these gifts, you may escape from the destructive lust that is in the world and may come to share the divine nature. For this very reason, do your best to add goodness to your faith, to your goodness, add knowledge to your knowledge, add self-control to your self-control, add endurance to your endurance, add godliness. Verse 7, to your godliness, 
Add Christian affection into your Christian affection. Add love, verse 8. These are the qualities you need, and if you have them in abundance, they will make you active and effective in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you do not have them, you are so short-sighted that you cannot see and have forgotten that you have been purified from your past sins. So then, my friends, try even harder to make God's call and his choice of you a permanent experience. If you do so, you will never abandon your faith. In this way, you will be given the full right to enter the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we bless uh, the reading of the Lord. Of the word, my bad. <laughs> Amen. Um, so basically, in this scripture, what Peter is telling us, because at this time, Peter is basically writing his farewell letter to uh, some churches. He's about to get killed, and he knows it's coming soon. So he's just telling them, like, hey, you know, there's people who are false teaching, and there's so many things that are happening, but hey, remind you to walk faithfully and grow in your faith, right? That's what productivity is. Um, and in this scripture, what it's basically telling, he's telling us this. God has given us everything we need to have a relationship with him. Also, with that, he's given us his son, and because of his son, we can conquer the lust of the world, right? That's what it says. Now, he's saying that because of that, we're able to add to our faith. Of course, we have the uh, goodness, knowledge, and as we keep going, we have to keep on adding. And even when we have all of them, what does it say? We must have them in abundance. So even when we have them all, we have to have more. We have to make sure we have more of it. And why should we have more of it? He says here that uh, if you have them in abundance, they will make you active and effective in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What that means is this. If you have these things in abundance, it makes it easier for you to be in intimacy with Jesus Christ. That's what it means. It makes it easier for you to, go, to grow closer and draw closer to Jesus Christ. Now, it says if you do not have them, you are short-sighted that you cannot see and have forgotten that you've been purified from your past sins. Basically, that means that if you do not continually walk towards progress, you're going to be in stagnancy to the point that you start to fall back into what you used to do. That's honestly what it's saying. And I love what it says in, uh, in verse 10 here. It says, so then, my friends, try even harder to make God's call and his choice of you a permanent experience. If you do so, you will never abandon your faith. This is basically saying that this, hey, you remember when you got saved, the freedom you felt, the, the, the weight was lifted. Try and recreate that experience in your life on a permanent basis. The reason why you want to recreate it is because if you have that experience in your mind, you will never abandon the truth and the salvation and the faith, right? Cool. So why am I letting you guys know this? Well, as I was uh, reflecting and thinking about this message and I was reading this, what I kept on hearing, and Emeka spoke about it a little bit, he was telling us that this, everything that has to do with this Christian faith and walk is determined by you. You are the person that determines if you take the step of goodness to knowledge, right? Um, and, you know, when I was thinking about that, there was something that came to my head. I don't know about any of y'all, but has anyone ever been in a parent-teacher conference? <laughs> a parent-teacher conference. Um, if you do not know what a parent-teacher conference is, it is when a, uh, your teacher calls your parents to have a conference about you. Now, here's the thing. Most times it's for a bad reason. Uh, for me, I knew it was a bad reason. <laughs> it was never really for a good reason, but that is like usually the teacher is calling your parents to let them know like, hey, you know, uh, let's talk. And uh, usually if that is scheduled, you know that by the time your teacher tells you and she asks you, like, do you want to be in the meeting? You're saying no. 
Because what happens is that if you're in that meeting, you're looking at your mom's face as she's just giving you the eye after each thing. Because that is, that is one slash, one whipping that she's just adding <laughs> when you get home. <laughs> uh, but the reason why I'm bringing up this point is that, you know, when it came to uh, parent-teacher conferences, it was amazing because as a child, you started to realize uh, what your teacher really thought about you. You started to realize, you know, if you ever felt like your teacher didn't like you in class, you started to actually realize that she did actually like you, but she just wasn't happy with what you were doing. So in those parent-teacher conferences, it would go something like this. Uh, Ma'am, sir, your, your child, I believe, should be here, but he's chosen not to be here. The reason why he's chosen not to be here is maybe because of he wants to be the class clown, or he wants to have a, a bad group of friends, or they're the ones that are limiting from being here. But I believe that he could be here. And if he, if he could be here, he could have better grades. He could be the class captain. He can be all these things, but it's his choice. He's chosen not to be over here. So as I thought to myself, you know, and if you're taking notes, this is the title of my message today. Uh, I, I thought to myself, you know, in that, in that situation, it made me question even myself as I was reflecting, am I stopping me? That is the title of my message. Am I stopping me? See, the thing as a child when you're in those parent-teacher conferences, you start to realize like, dang, she really thinks this about me? But also you're thinking to yourself like, dang, am I really that bad? Or am I really holding myself back that much from being where I'm supposed to be? Does she really believe I can be over here? And it's my fault that I'm not over here? And as I, as I was reading that Second Peter, I started to realize that if we do none of these things, it's, it's because of us. If we don't grow in our faith, it's because of us, whether we like it or not. In the Bible, some of our favorite scriptures like Philippians 4.13, even John 3.16, there's always a us factor in it, a choice factor. Uh, it says, uh, in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through so if you're not doing it through Christ, you can't do all things, right? Even John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whosoever believes in him. So you have to believe in him to have eternal life, right? So, and I started to think, how am I stopping me? Like, how do we as believers stop ourselves from growing in faith and growing in our Christian walk? Number one, we stop ourselves from growing by placing limits around ourselves. There's multiple limits, but I'll start off with the first one that a lot of us may actually be very familiar with. Obviously, we're in January. This is the last day of January. A lot of us have set up goals for this year that that is going to literally put us in stagnancy in faith. A lot of us have put spiritual goals in place that seem amazing, but guess what? It's progression, but it's progression at your comfort zone. So here's the thing. You put it on your, on, your, on your notebook like, hey, you know, I prayed three times a day, uh, three times a week last, last year. I want to pray five times a week this year, right? So, you know, because we, we have that in our head, but I had this example that came to my head. You know, somebody that goes to the gym, let's say someone goes to the gym every day, right? And they bench press, let's say, the 45 bar and two tens on the side, right? Imagine if that person, how crazy would it look if that person continues to bench that same amount 
for 365 days without weighing up. Sounds pretty crazy, right? But we do that. We set a goal and say, hey, we're going to, I'm going to maybe fast once a month. I'm going to maybe uh, serve a little bit more. I'm going to maybe pray this amount of times. I'm going to try and spend this amount of time with God uh, during the week. And what happens is that we let that go throughout the whole year and never even try and grow. Because guess what? Progression to us is okay. The smallest progression is okay because we feel happy, because we feel more of a Christian, right? So in December, we're checking off our goals like, yes, ma'am, I, five minutes, seven minutes, okay, uh, three times a week, I killed that, you know. But the truth is that it's good to you, but is it really good to God? So we're happy with the progression, but it's not the progression that God had for us. It's the level that we, that we, that we place for ourselves, but it's not the level that God placed for us. And, and, and that is just the very practical aspect of it, but there's other ways we've limited ourselves. Our friend groups. I'll use, I'll use the gym example again. A lot of us, I'm sure we've, been to, we've had a situation where we go to the gym and we go with a group of friends. And you start to realize that you're more serious than everybody else. <laughs> and what happens is that you're coming in ready to get gains, but ma'am and sir over there is over here just, like, you know, really just, I'm coming for you, Anu. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay. I know it actually works out. <laughs> no, but literally, we have a group of friends that, you know, we'll go to the gym with, and, you know, we're trying to get better in the gym, but the truth is that they're dragging us down. We can't be serious because every single minute, they're like, wow, like, okay, what, what's, that, what's that called? What's that called? Or can you teach me how to do this? Or can you teach me how to do that? And you feel good about it, but it's like, bro, they're not before you know it, you're the one helping them all. You're their trainer, and you're not the one even getting to exercise. That's what's happening. <laughs> so a lot of times we have a friend group that will limit us in our spiritual goals. How else are we stopping ourselves from growing? Number two, I'm stopping me by comparing my walk with others. I want us to open to... Uh, Matthew uh, 25, and we're going to read from verse 15. This is, uh, I'm sure a lot of us know this uh, scripture. This is the parable of the master and his three servants. And, you know, I'm, uh, just to summarize it, because we're only going to read a, a little bit of it. Basically, a master calls three of his servants, and he says, hey, uh, I'm going to give you some talents. He gives one five, he gives another one two, and he gives one one. Uh, basically, the master goes and comes back, and... By the time he comes back, the one with five doubles it to ten. The one with two doubles it to four. The one with one dug it up to, to, to protect his, you know, his, his master's uh, uh, talent and comes back and says, hey, you know, I, 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 you know, I didn't want to, like, lose it all. And the master rebukes him, right? And for me, I used to think to myself, like, bro, why would, like, it's practical. Like, if I only got one, like, if I only got $100 in the stock market, why in the world would I put all that hundred into shares, you know? Right, I wouldn't put everything. But as I read, and I want us to read this together, I, I don't know why I did not ever, like, read this part or realize this part. And it's in verse 15, it says, And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. See, the part I always, for some reason, skipped over was, to each according to his own ability. 
And a lot of times, you know, I can imagine the, the servant that only had one looking at the servant that had five and saying, bro, like, you know, if he loses one, he still has four. But I only got one, so I can't make, I can't make the decisions he makes. Instead of thinking to themselves, he has five. How can I get five? And you see, a lot of us will limit ourselves in our walk because we will compare ourselves to people on different platforms. We will compare ourselves to, to people that we know are walking in a certain faith and think that, you know, oh, man, because they're over there, you know, man, I can't even, I can't make those steps. Or some of us even think this, the things that are required to get to that level, we don't want to do it because we feel like it's not our time yet. So what happens is that we see somebody on a platform that, you know, says, oh, you know, I'm fasting this amount of time. I read the Bible this amount of time. And you're like, oh, that's cool, man, but that's for your level. But what really is happening is that we're not really to, willing to make the sacrifice. Because truly, you know, we'll hide, it something, we'll hide it under, you know, I don't want to rush God's plan for me. I don't want to rush, you know, God's timing. I don't want to rush into the things that I can't handle. The truth is, the only difference between you and that person is the capacity. That's it. That's the only difference. The truth is, when you look at it, if, if the master was to line up the three servants, one, the one that had one talent, the other one that had two, and the one that had five, if he strips away the capacity, they're all on the same level. Realistically, if he, if he measures them by the same capacity, all of them would have one talent. So when you're looking at people on platforms that maybe are, are, are where you, you, you compare yourself to, we tend to think that we're so far away, but really it's just the capacity that's separating us. It's the capacity and the sacrifice. And what we tend to do is that we tend to actually walk in stagnancy because we believe that when we're supposed to get to that platform, we'll get to it. But truly, I would rather ask, what are they doing to be where they are? I want to do what they're doing. I want to make the sacrifice they're, they're making. What does it take to get to that level where they can just heal and that's it? But a lot of us don't want to think like that. Number three, how am I stopping myself? I am stopping myself by choosing to sit instead of seek. I am stopping myself by choosing to sit instead of seek. When I looked at the, uh, the definitions for sit and seek, sit means to remain inactive. Seek is the attempt or desire to attain or find something. In Matthew 6, 33, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, uh, Seek ye the kingdom first, and, and its righteousness, and all things will come together, right? Will all come. You know, I think it's funny because a lot of us will always wait for us to receive access from God when really we're supposed to pursue for access. A lot of us would rather sit and wait for God to reveal his plans for us than actually seek to find what his plan is for us. A lot of us would actually rather sit and waste time, and when finally our plan comes to us, we feel like we're actually in God's will when really we've just wasted how much, how much time? A lot of time. When really, the truth is, if you're seeking, God is big enough to actually, I knew posted this yesterday, God is, God is, God is big enough to actually deter you if, you if you go the wrong way. But some of us would rather sit down and wait for our, 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 our destiny and our purpose to be revealed to us instead of seeking and finding. Because here's the thing, when you seek, you actually find God in the situation. You find everything. If you seek the kingdom, what happens is that all things will come. All things will come together. So the truth is, here's the thing. Me and, and Emeka may be on the same level, but here's the difference. He may be seeking more than I am. 
And the truth is what we, what we try and judge sometimes is this. We, we see people like a Stephen Furtick or people who are prophets or people who are worship leaders, and we think that they've done, that, like, you know, it's just been given to them. Like, they just have the oil. They just have the oil. But there's something that they did to receive that access. The truth is this. If you sit down, if you literally sit down, what happens is this. God could be right there. And if you sit down, what happens is that you are literally keeping a distance between you and him. But here's the thing. When you seek him, it doesn't matter if you move this way, this way. At least you're moving. And here's the thing. The more you move closest to God, the more he opens up. So the more you move to him, you have more access. I love what it says in, in, um, in, 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 Matthew, or in Luke, in Luke 10, verses 17 to 18. It says, uh, you know, Jesus had sent out 70 to, to, uh, to basically evangelize. And, you know, they came back running and saying, like, you know, people were healed, were healed you know, in your name. And Jesus was rejoicing, and, and he says here, he says in uh, verse 17, he says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What does this mean? As we are sons and daughters of Christ, all of us can do that. All of us have access to that. But what are you willing to do to, to receive that access? Are you willing to make the sacrifices or sit down and wait for something to just happen? Number three, why am I stopping myself? I am stopping myself because I do not review myself. I am stopping myself because I do not review myself. In 2 Peter, uh, our, our anchor scripture, chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, I love what the Passion Translation says in verse 10. It says, For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. Be eager to confirm and validate. So consistently check on your salvation. Check on where you are. So imagine a lot of us never actually, it's not until, let's be real, it's not until last year during the pandemic that some of us had to actually check where we were spiritually in the middle of the year. It's not until the end of the year that we usually check on where we are. That's where we start to see that, man, I'm lacking here. But it would not make sense if you only got one report card in the year. There's a reason why there's, there's, there's midterm grades. There's a reason why there's final grades. Because the midterm grades lets us know where we are in the semester. If we don't see the midterm grade, what happens? We're just going to keep on going the same route. If you suck before, you're going to suck after because you don't know where you are. So the truth is, if you review where you are in God, review where you are in your walk, it makes it easier for you to grow. You know where you need to work on. But a lot of us don't even check to see where we are in our faith. So, you know, I made it easy for you guys. I have a report card that I made for you guys. Uh, the media has it on the screen. They're going to put it on the screen here. And, and what I want you guys to do right now on your phone or if, in your notebook, I want you to, 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 to give yourself a grade. Give yourself a grade in these areas. Is it a B minus, an A plus, a C? Where are you on this report card? Where are you on this report card? Look at you guys, clowns. <laughs> Your real face, <laughs> exposed. <laughs> exposed. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's written out on there for you, but that's the truth. If you constantly reveal yourself, you won't be feeling like the way you're feeling right now. 
And, and this is what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to go home with this. Of course, you guys will see it. Some of all, it's in your phone. And I want you to look back at this in three months and regrade yourself. Regrade yourself. If you've declined, be real with yourself. Where do I need to grow in? If you've improved, that's good. Keep going. That's cool. Have a, you know, pat yourself on the back, you know. That's cool. I'm going to keep going. But review yourself so that you know where you want to grow. Because here's the thing. That constantly keeps you in faith, constantly keeps you seeking, constantly keeps you checking yourself so, where you, so you know where you are with Christ. And I know some of you guys are asking, okay, so I know what I'm doing to stop myself from growing, so what should I do? I'm going to be very honest with you guys. There's nothing I can tell you that you don't already know. <laughs> to be very honest, I'm not going to try and package it any fabuloso way. <laughs> it is what it is. Emeka said it, prayer. We know this. And that's the, thing about, that's the thing about us stopping ourselves because a lot of times we know that we're not, like, we're not where we're supposed to be, but we constantly make the decision to just move a little bit just so we feel comfortable. It's not where we're supposed to be, but just because we're making tiny steps. And I know we hear the progression over perfection, of course. But are we measuring that perfection, like I said, or the progression, like I said before, to our level of progression or God's level of progression? If we measure our progression to God's level, we'll realize, like Emeka said in, in week one, that we could actually speed up where we're supposed to be. So we may know that we're called to something, but the truth is, like I said, if we just sit down and wait for the calling to drop on our heads, what happens is that there's certain things that we're not going to be able to learn that's supposed to be, supposed to get us to that position. There's certain characteristics that you're supposed to learn when you seek God. So imagine if your future is to own a billion-dollar company. And let's say you do not know how to keep $5 right now in your pocket. So if you sit down and you wait for the billion-dollar company calling to come to you, do you really think you can maintain the billion-dollar company? But the truth is, when you continue on that roadway to seek God, there's certain things you got to learn. You may lose money here and there. You may learn to value it. You may learn that you have to honor God with, with your giving. You may learn the importance that, that the, your heart posture matters when it comes to finances especially. And that is what allows you to, when you receive that calling, to actually steward it. I remember we were talking about this at the gathering. We said to ourselves that, I was saying that a lot of us cannot receive what God has for us because he won't even be able to trust us with it. There are certain gifts, there are certain things that God has given to you, but the reason why you cannot use it to glorify him is because you can't even steward it well enough. You can't even actually handle it with care. But when you seek God and when you actually stop, like stop stopping yourself, that was kind of weird, stop stopping yourself and, and grow, you're actually learning these tools. You're actually gaining the trust from God. As you're seeking and drawing closer to him, what happens is he starts to see you. He starts to see who you really are. He starts to give you something to, to have the access. And now you guys have this relationship that you didn't have before. So by the time he gives you something, he can trust you with it. How else do we grow, of course? Reading the word, serving, getting to know yourself spiritually, right? All these things we know. And even in, in 2 Peter, it says that already all these things can help us grow. The truth is it's just about growing, guys. But let us not be the reason why we're stopping ourselves, why we cannot grow. Like, let us not be the reason why we can't grow. 
Like, let us be, take responsibility for our growth and take responsibility for where our walk is. Because at the end of the day, we are responsible uh, for, for the things that we do on earth. No one is going to grab our hand and run, to grab our hand to God. No, no, no. He's waiting for you to come to him. And I believe that there's some people that, you know, who haven't had the opportunity to give their life to Christ. And I know he's waiting for you to come to him as well, right? So if, if you're in that position where you feel like, okay, man, I've, I've been stopping myself. I don't even know where to start. Um, I don't really have a relationship with Christ right now. Um, I'm trying to like, you know, on that report card, I was an F on everything. <laughs> or maybe like a D minus, an F on some things. Uh, this is your moment to either rededicate your life to Christ or give your life to Christ. So let us all bow our heads right now. And I want us to all say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change the person you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, when I think a ghost is going to come up here, but if you, you know, at that time, he's going to ask for you to signify if you gave your life to Christ. But if you made that decision, um, you're going to get some cards, of course, during that time. The ushers will pass out the cards for you. We're going to see the number on the screen as well to text safety, whether you're online or in person. Um, but guys, I just want you to continue to ask yourself, you know, what am I doing to stop myself from growing? Constantly evaluate yourself. I know some of you guys have the report card in your phone, but trust me, look at that thing in three months. See where you are and see where it's supposed to be. See where you're supposed to be. It would be a shame if you never got to see the full potential of what God had in store for you. It would be a shame if you never got to know and never got to experience all that God really had for you in your life. And I pray that even as we continue this journey and we continue this process of seeking God and, and being productive and growing in our faith, that truly the resources, everything that is needed to actually be on this walk shall be given to us. So Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your children, God. We thank you because we're on the roadway of, of, of growth, God. We thank you, Lord, for this series, Productivity, Lord. This is such a timely series, especially at the beginning of the year, God. And I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that from this, God, realign our, 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 our goals, realign our friendships, God, realign all the things that are stopping us from growing in you, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, by the time we look back in three, six months, uh, back, back on what, what's happened in our, in our spiritual life, God, we'll be able to see growth, God. Not just growth to our comfort zone, but growth that we know only you were in charge of that, God. I pray as we grow, Lord, the access shall be granted, God. Those things that we thought we could never do, whether it is a prophesying, healing, God, words of wisdom, those things that we, we read about all the time, I pray, Heavenly Father, give it unto us, Lord, as we, as we, as we will cherish, God, and, and, and draw closer to you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your children, Heavenly Father, God, and we just declare this is sealed. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. 
Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.